We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, June the 26th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On June 26, 1945, the Charter of the United Nations was signed, unfortunately, by 50 countries in San Francisco. Today, in 1948, the Berlin Airlift began in earnest after the Soviet Union cut off land and water routes to the isolated western sector of Berlin. Today, in 1963, President John F. Kennedy visited uh, West Berlin. He delivered his famous speech expressing solidarity with the city's residents. He said, speaking in German, he said, I am a Berliner. Today in 1977, Elvis Presley performed his last concert at Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. His was a sad story, a sad tale. A guy that was so talented, had grown up in church. In fact, I knew in years past, I knew the pastor of that church quite well. He grew up hearing the gospel. He loved gospel music. The people around him said he would set up sometimes after his concerts, Elvis Presley, sing Christian songs in his hotel room. There was something in his heart that drew him toward the Lord, but Elvis chose a different path. Today in 1990, President George H.W. Bush went back on his no new taxes. Remember, remember that? He said, no new taxes, read my lips. Well, the American people did read his lips and they elected him. And then he changed his mind and he said, we're going to have to increase taxes. The American people changed their mind and didn't vote for him the next time around. Today in 1993, President Bill Clinton announced the U.S. had launched missiles against Iraqi targets He said he did so because of compelling evidence that Iraq had plotted to assassinate former President George H.W. Bush. Today in 1996, the Supreme Court ordered the Virginia Military Institute, VMI, to admit women or else, or else forego state support. Today in 2008, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a handgun ban in the District of Columbia. It affirmed five to four that an individual right to gun ownership does exist. Us common folk out here, we could have made that decision for the Supreme Court. You don't have to have a 300 IQ to figure that out. Just read a little bit of the Constitution. Today in 2020, after protesters in Washington, D.C. attempted to pull down a statue of Abraham or Andrew Jackson, President Donald Trump signed an executive order to protect monuments, memorials, and statues. It's been one year, exactly one year on Saturday, this past Saturday, the 24th, June 24th. It's been a year since Roe v. Wade 
fell. A lot has happened in this year. One thing that happened, there's a quite an article, Fortune Magazine put out an article over the weekend about the abortion industry, and it is an industry. It's a highly, highly profitable uh, industry, has been. But Fortune Magazine put out an article, it was either yesterday or Saturday, and I was reading their article, and they said that the, the funds have dried up for the abortion people. They're used to seeing millions of dollars flow to them, Planned Parenthood and all of those people that are in the business. It's all dried up. They're having a lot of difficulties now. They're running out of money. One year ago, June 24th, on Saturday, across 2,000 miles from the Texas border to western Virginia, abortion is effectively has now been abolished in America. A block of 10 states that includes most of the South, along with a handful of other states, like the Dakotas and Idaho, have banned abortion at all stages of pregnancy, with limited exceptions. These 14 states accounted for around 110,000 abortions before the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade one year ago, as I said, in the historic Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization case. But since Dobbs, their abortion numbers have dropped to around zero, somewhere below 10 per month in this block of states, according to recent estimates. Abortion facilities and their borders have shut down by the dozens. The few that remain have stopped stopped doing abortions. Birth data already indicates that the laws are saving lives, including in Texas, where births spiked 4.7% last year. A growing number of reports show that women are choosing life in states with bans, often assisted by pro-life pregnancy centers. Other states may soon start enforcing strong pro-life laws. A lot of states are looking at this, even if they're not necessarily strongly conservative. With near-total abortion bans being litigated litigated in Arizona, Indiana, Utah, and, and Wyoming, where more than 23,000 abortions occurred in 2019, other five, the other, another five states accounting for nearly 140,000 abortions have at least passed heartbeat laws, which prohibit abortion at around six weeks, and have been shown to reduce abortions by more than 60%. Georgia's heartbeat law has stopped about 2,100 monthly abortions since taking effect last year. Dobbs has also allowed an avalanche of other previously blocked pro-life protections to come into effect, like parental consent measures, dismemberment. It's sad that we would need that in America, a nation founded upon godly principles, but we needed a law to stop these people in the abortion industry from dismembering little babies after they were aborted so they could sell their body parts. That has happened, thank the Lord. Fetal burial laws, they can no longer throw these little babies in the trash cans. Protections for babies with Down syndrome, all of this has taken place in the last 365 days. State laws could ultimately wipe out a staggering 200,000 abortions or more 
every year. Praise the Lord. There are good things happening in our nation in spite of the fact that the the blind Pharisees of religion, and I want to talk to you about a little bit about that this morning, they keep trying to lead the blind, and some of the blind are following them. We don't often hear reported the good news, and we try to do that on this program. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 and 13 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? Don't grow weary in well-doing. This is not the time. Satan, Satan would have the people of God, the people who love the Lord and live according to the Bible, believe the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God, Satan would have us to believe a lie. Eve believed it. He would have us to believe it today. But God is on the throne and God is in control. Whether it's your personal circumstances or whether it's our collective national circumstances in a country founded upon the righteous Word of God, And now we have gone astray in so many ways. But there's good things happening. And people are standing for righteousness and for goodness. They're standing for biblical truth. Even in the fog of darkness, spiritual darkness, some of the most bizarre things on this planet are happening in this nation today. We should be asking God to forgive us. But we are ignoring God and we... We are trying, many are trying to lead people astray with a new gospel, a different gospel called in the New Testament. Paul called it a different gospel, and it is. I want to talk to you a little bit about spiritual blindness. That's a condition that an individual has when they're unable to see God or understand his message or simply refuse to do so. Although God is working all around us, pursuing us, showing us his glory, his mercy, his goodness. Some people can't perceive his divine workings. That talks about that. The Bible talks about it in Acts chapter 28, verses 26 and 27. A person who does not see God does not know God, and unfortunately, unfortunately, they're spiritually perishing. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 talk about that. So it is. So does Revelation chapter 3, verse 17. In short, those who reject Christ are spiritually blind and they're lost. John chapter 6, verses 68 and 69. To be spiritually blind can also be translated as being spiritually undiscerning. They, they don't understand what's going on around them. They're not informed. We read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are they're folly to him. And he he's not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. This means that to be spiritually blind, the individual, the spiritual things are meaningless. They just go right over their head. That's 
why the confusion, the darkness, the misinformation, the misleading in America today? Because we have we have a condition of spiritual blindness on the part of so many. Liberal faith groups are using religion to challenge red state abortion bans. What I was just giving you a little report on, a little update. They're not taking this sitting down. They're raging over it. Religious groups in Florida, Indiana, Kentucky, Texas, and Idaho have filed lawsuits in favor of abortion. (laughs) Religious groups. They're arguing that their religious right to abortion has been threatened since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Here we're saving hundreds of thousands of children's lives and they're suing to stop the saving of the children's lives so they can continue to kill the unborn, unwanted children. And they're religious groups, or they claim to be. These lawsuits are filed by religious groups, so-called Christian churches for the most part, except for the, the one that doesn't consider itself a Christian church, but it does consider itself a church, the Satanic Temple. They're all claiming that abortion is part of their faith. Part of their faith? They have become the enemy within. That's what Cicero was talking about when he was writing about the enemy within. He said, we're so familiar. They're one of us. They're not on the outside trying to break down the walls and conquer us. They're on the inside. Their voices, he said, I'm paraphrasing him, but he said he was talking about the Roman Empire, about his home, his city. He said, he said, they sound like us. They talk like us. They know our customs. They're one of us, except they are the enemy within. Politico, it's a left-leaning news organization, says, quote, several religious groups are taking up the argument that their faith gives them a protected right to abortion. America's pro-life movement is famously led by religious groups like Catholics and conservative Catholics, it would be, and evangelicals who believe life is sacred and begins at conception. This is, I'm quoting from Politico, they're not conservative. But ever since the Dobbs decision led to the tight abortion restrictions in many U.S. states, several religious groups have filed legal challenges against them. And they cite their faith as a key reason why they want to go back to doing abortions. Some Jews, Episcopalians, Unitarians, even Satanist activists, Politico says, have launched a campaign to push the idea that states that ban abortions are infringing on their religious rights and have gone so far as filing multiple lawsuits to get the laws reversed. The claims range from Christian clergy arguing that they will not be able to counsel women concerning abortions to Jewish arguments that the procedure is not morally reprehensible until the child takes its first breath. And of course, there's the satanic temple. They keep rearing their ugly head up on almost every turn. They're trying to organize, and they are organizing clubs in schools, and I've talked about that on this program. They're trying to mimic the Christian clubs that are there for children with a satanic club, and they at the same time claim they don't believe in Satan. While they advance Satan and elevate Satan, they don't believe in Satan. They need help. Seriously, they need help. 
Florida, Indiana, Kentucky, Texas, and Idaho are all fighting lawsuits against their respective abortion bans. These are conservative states that have put in very strong, uh, in fact, in some cases, eliminating abortion laws. But these guys are trying to reverse that. They want to go back to killing unwanted unborn children. In Indiana, one lawsuit claims that the state's Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which, by the way, happened to be signed into law in 2015 by former Governor Mike Pence, to provide additional protections for religious Americans, gives faith, such as Reformed Judaism, the ability to claim that abortion is their right. Mike Pence intended it for good, obviously, and they're intending it for evil. In the lawsuit, the plaintiffs explained that in Reform Judaism, prior to the 40th day of gestation, the embryo is considered to be mere water. The embryo or fetus is considered a physical part of the woman's body, not having a life of its own or independent rights. As a result, they argue that Indiana's law, which bans nearly all abortions with a limited, they have some limited exceptions, but it violates their first, the Reformed Judaism, violates their First Amendment rights to free exercise and expression. One would think that if there's any one single value that could unite the religious community in America, it would be the right to life. I mean, who can deny that Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly? But oh no. How can we agree with the sanctity of life when we can't even agree when life begins? Mere water? A child? This has formed kind of an evil alliance in America. Religiously so. The alignment of these various religious organizations is stunning, at least to me, maybe... Maybe I'm missing something here, but I don't think so. The Satanic Temple considers abortion to be a protected procedure, and it offers religious abortion rituals for those who wish to rid themselves of medically unnecessary and unscientific regulations when seeking an abortion. That's on their website. I mean, Google it and go and read it. It's (laughs) It's stunning. The Satanic Temple also sued in Texas, Idaho, and Indiana, claiming that the state's laws would make them unable to practice their rituals and violate their faith. The very things that set America apart, spiritually, made America exceptional, spiritually and economically, and as regards to freedom, all of it. Those things now are being turned against the country and against the majority of people who live here who have a faith that does not include killing unwanted, unborn children. They're using the very premise, the very principles and the values to turn it upside down, much like separation of church and state. Thomas Jefferson never meant to to create this chaos of, well, you can't say Bible, don't look religious when you come to your classroom on in public school because we can't have religion and state and all of that kind of thing. It's just crazy. 
anybody that looks into it, I mean, you don't have to have a brilliant legal mind. I mean, even I can figure that out. That's not what he was saying at all. He was just saying, we have set up a country in a way that the government cannot meddle in the affairs of the church. And anyone with any clarity of thought can see that in what he said. But oh no, they have taken that and they've turned it on its head. And now if you're religious, don't walk on the holy ground of the state. Don't open your mouth. Don't you dare pray. At least not to the God of the Bible. I mean, that's where we are. A lawsuit's been filed in Florida on behalf of religious leaders from Jewish, Buddhist, Unitarian, United Church of Christ, and Episcopalian congregations. They're trying to overturn the state's 15-week abortion plan. Marcy Hamilton, she's a political science professor at the University of Pennsylvania. She's representing this group of so-called religious people. She says that religious Floridians are being substantially burdened by restrictive abortion bans. Who would have thought that a lawyer would have to be telling us that these Christians, these religious people, are being burdened with these abortion bans? A year after the fall of Roe v. Wade, the Missouri case is one of nearly a dozen challenges to abortion restrictions. It's filed by clergy members, practitioners, They're now making their way through the state and the federal courts. A strategy that aims to restore access to the procedure. And they're trying, in my view at least, they're trying to chip away at the assumption that all religious people oppose abortion. And they're making that case. I'm talking about it today. They're they're making that case to the press. That's what's happening. And that's where we are today. Some are saying, though, that it's political stunts. They don't really believe, these people don't really believe they can win this. But you've got these guys in their clerical robes marching around on the streets of the cities of our nation with carrying signs that say, my faith supports reproductive freedom. Reproductive freedom is abortion. They're lying on the face of it these pastors and these church leaders. They're walking in their garb with their all of their stuff and their paraphernalia, carrying these signs, my faith supports reproductive freedom. Is killing an unwanted child reproductive freedom? The answer is no. Lori Windham, she's a vice president and senior counsel at the Beckett Fund, They represented um, Hobby Lobby back when Hobby Lobby was going through this a few years ago and did so. Beckett is is a conservative group, and and they're Christian. Um, She says, uh, she said this uh, on Friday, she said, I think these are much more like political stunts than they are viable court cases. She said, you can have a sincere political, political belief or policy preference, and it can be passionate and deeply held, but that doesn't make it a religious practice. Well, I think she's right, and she and, and other groups like the Beckett Fund, they're going to be probably representing a number of these cases going forward over the next weeks and months. 
But judges have historically avoided questioning the sincerity of somebody's religious beliefs. They've usually tried to stay away from that, particularly at the Supreme Court, but other just judges as well. But Beckett and other groups have filed amicus briefs now that do so. The religious pro-abortion activists even use scripture to make their case for the killing of unwanted, unborn children. The Jewish challengers in Kentucky cite religious texts. In their suit, they're including the Mishnah that they say, where it says life begins when a baby takes its first breath, not when it is conceived. And if medical issues arise during pregnancy, they say, the pregnant person's life comes before the life of the child. They also submitted to the court in letters from rabbis arguing that the current state exemptions for life-threatening medical emergencies aren't enough. They said Jewish law permits and in some cases requires an abortion when there is a risk of poverty, abuse, addiction, and mental illness. So if you think under this law, and I'm pro-Israel, but if you think There's a risk for this child that is about to be born, a risk of poverty, abuse, addiction, or mental illness. You should abort them. What kind of thinking is that? That isn't the mind of God. What's the matter with these people? God is for life. God created us in his image and his likeness, male and female. We have gone so far astray. We have lost our minds. And we're losing our souls. America needs to straighten up and stand up and get it right. And we're not going to get it right until we take an honest look at the Word of God, because that's the the foundation of this nation. It's the foundation of all life. God is the giver, the creator. He is the beginning, the end. He is the great I am. He is holy, holy, holy. He made us in his image. Not to be a God, but to serve the living God. And on every front in our social, in our society today in America, we're challenging this. Religious people are challenging this. In scriptures, Paul describes Satan as the cause of spiritual blindness. Writing to the Corinthians, he said, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That's where we are today. How many times have you heard in a national tragedy like 9-11 and these kinds of things, how many times have you heard people sing Amazing Grace? We run to Amazing Grace. That's good. That's a good thing. We run to that song. That's a good song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. It's that simple. If we simply turn our eyes to Jesus and allow ourselves to be found by the grace of God and saved and restored and transformed, we can see. We're no longer blind. And we need to see what's going on in America and take a stand, a very strong stand for righteousness. 
Thank you for allowing me to be on the radio each day with your support. Our, our address is Box 399 Bellevue 98009.